What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Blinky Nintendo Gaming Podcast. My name is VJ, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a topic that I've seen trending across social media the past couple of months, whether it's been on Instagram or Twitter, and it's going to be about the Wii U. Yes, the Wii U. A console that was an unmitigated failure, a disaster during its life cycle. But you know what? In the years that have followed, many people are starting to realize the potential this once ridiculed machine actually had. So as always, we're going to do a deep history dive into the origin of the Wii U. And that takes us to the year 2006 in the Wayback Machine and the release of the Nintendo Wii. So after two back-to-back middling consoles, the N64 and the GameCube, Nintendo was faced with a similar situation its once rival Sega had to face a few years before. Either push forward in the home console market to what seemed like a bleak and dark future, or bow out of making home consoles and strictly stick to developing software. Not only did they strive forward, they did so in a rather unconventional way. You know, instead of trying to compete with the Xbox 360 or PS3 in terms of horsepower, Nintendo went for accessibility creating the Wii to be used by everybody from your crazy drunken Uncle Frank to your wacky cousin Betty to your 70-year-old Grandma Shirley. If they can move, then they can play. And in 2022, sure, the Wii seems like a mid-aughts gimmick, but in 2006, even the staunchest hardcore gamer was in awe after 30 minutes of Wii Sports. And the worldwide sales definitely echoed that Nintendo found like a special kind of magic with the Wii, Y'all remember the memes that had the Wii like printing money? That was much closer than fiction. How close, you ask? Well, the Wii sold over 101 million units. And even though the PS3 and 360 were slugging it out against each other, the Wii, yes, the Wii, reigned supreme in the seventh generation. Nintendo's first console victory since the fourth gen with the Super Nintendo. So though the Wii was a massive success, For all the things it did right, it did just as many things wrong. And some of those stumbling blocks included a lack of HDMI support and an era of HDTV prominence, the scarcity of quality third-party support, and the paucity of online gaming features during the rise of online gaming. Who remembers friend codes and how much of a pain in the ass they were? I do. So after the triumph of the Wii, saving Nintendo from the brink of destruction, what would their next move be? Bring on the Wii U, baby, a name almost as shitty as the Xbox One. Almost. So as a hardcore gamer, I realized it was Nintendo's newest console. No confusion to me. But you have to think about the demo that Nintendo was targeting with the original Wii. They were going after the casual audience. Again, your cousin, your aunt, your dad. People were really, people who really were not into gaming outside of Guitar Hero, Brain Age, Wii Sports Resort, whatever. To them, the whole concept of the Wii U was befuddling. Was it a Wii add-on peripheral? Uh, A souped-up Wii? What was it? Many of them had no clue. They lost interest or turned their eyes over to tablet or mobile gaming instead. This was a huge misstep in marketing and branding, if you ask me. I mean, come on, that was terrible. So the Wii U launched in November 2012 and sold almost 900,000 units in its first six weeks, making $30 million more than the original Wii during that same time span. And while that wasn't mere small potatoes, I mean, yeah, it's a good number. The numbers are a tad bit deceiving given the original Wii sold 600,000 units in its first eight days, 
with that extra $30 million coming from the increased price sale of both the Wii U launch models in comparison to the sale price of the Wii. So, yeah, the Wii U costs more, so of course it's going to bring in more money. Now listen, the Wii U was no chump, and it had some obvious innovations and improvements over the original Wii. It was Nintendo's first HD console. It had three, 360-slash-PS3-esque graphics. It was backwards compatible with the original Wii, and its, in a, and its biggest innovation had to be the gamepad. I must preface by saying that in 2012, tablets were really coming into its own, and the Wii U gamepad was a big controller with a touchscreen in the middle, similar to a Switch in handheld mode, since the Switch massively improved on the gamepad. With the gamepad, it could be used as a second screen, like a place to display a map, but my favorite feature of the gamepad is that most games can be played directly on the screen, which is great when you live with a TV hog. In my case, my six-year-old demon, I mean, I mean angel, Abby. I love you, Abby. Alas, even with the badass gamepad controller, the Wii U ended up selling only 13 million units, a pathetic number compared to the 101 million units the Wii sold. And there's some key reasons why. The big draw of those reasons coming from the famous phrase, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Nintendo learned nothing from the mistakes the original Wii made because they were blinded by its success. Just like the Wii, the Wii U had some fantastic first-party Nintendo games. Hell, the best-selling Switch game, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, is a port of an eight-year-old game. So that speaks volumes about the level of first-party quality on that system. Unfortunately, it suffered from PS Vita Syndrome. Third-party developers were on board early on with stellar releases like Assassin's Creed 3 and 4, Batman Arkham City, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, Madden 13, Mass Effect 3, NBA 2K13, and Tekken Tag Tournament 2, just to name a few. Actually, looking back and doing research for this episode, I didn't realize how many good third-party games came out for the Wii U during its first year. But just like the Vita, the slumping sales of the Wii U in its first couple years made it virtually non-viable for developers to pour money into a game for an underperforming platform, and that's exactly what happened with some glaring facts to support that point. The first being that other than Madden 13, NBA 2K13, and FIFA 13, no other mainstream sports titles were released for the Wii U. The significance of that being, sports titles are extremely easy and relatively cheap to port to a bunch of different consoles for a simple yearly cash grab, which admittedly I'm totally guilty of supporting, so even though FIFA 13 was ported to the Wii U, FIFA 14 wasn't. And you're probably saying, hey, VJ, why would they waste time porting it to the Wii U? They're focused on PS4 and Xbox One next-gen stuff, man. Dude, come on. And that'd be all well and good, but FIFA 14 actually came out for the fucking PS2, the PSP, and here's the kicker. It came out for the fucking original Wii. What the actual fuck? Secondly, go online, do me a favor. Google best-selling Wii U games. The top 20 games are all published by Nintendo, which is absolutely mind-blowing to me. To sum it up, why did the Wii U fail? Horrendous marketing, lack of third-party support, casuals jumping ship, and scorned hardcore gamers from the Wii days that didn't want to take the Wii U journey. Hence, 
why it was discontinued less than five years after its launch. Alright, so there's the fable, or saga, if you will, of the Wii U. So, up next, let's talk about the console itself and, and the two versions that are out there. Personally, I'm not the biggest fan of multiple SKUs when it comes to systems. That's why I love the OG Xbox. Just one model, man. The Wii U kept it nice and easy with only two different models, Basic and Deluxe. The Basic version is white and has an 8 gigabyte, has 8 gigabyte storage. The Deluxe is black and has 32 gigabytes. But both consoles can expand the memory using SD uh, cards, so it really doesn't matter. So other than the, the color and the uh, storage options, the Basic and Deluxe are pretty much identical. I say go for the black because it just looks fucking awesome. That's my opinion. Now, I mentioned the gamepad before, but its importance cannot be overstated. You need the gamepad to use the console. Even if you have a pro controller, which, side note, is one of the best controllers ever made. The battery life is fucking insane. Fucking insane. You can't do anything on the start menu without the gamepad. And speaking of accessories, not only is the Wii U backwards compatible with the Wii, but it's also compatible with most Wii accessories. And added bonus, Wii games play on the Wii U are upscaled to 960p HD resolution, twice as nice as a standard non-HD 480p display of the original Wii. So why do I fucking love this console so much? Great question. Well, it has a fantastic library of games that, dare I say, stack up against some of Nintendo's best offerings to date. Now, obviously, we have to start with the man, the myth, the legend, the world's most unplumbery plumber, Mr. Mario himself. And the red-headed dude had some amazing games on the Wii U. You want a 3D Mario adventure? Super Mario 3D World got you covered. More of an old-school 2D Mario fan? Don't worry. How about a helping of new Super Mario Brothers U? Ever wanted to create your own Mario level? Well, Super Mario Maker is for you. Not only did Mario get love, dude, his friends did too. Captain Toe Treasure Tracker, Dunk, uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, New Super Luigi U, and my favorite of the bunch, Yoshi's Woolly World, are all fantastic games. They released HD remasters of The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess and The Wind Waker. And they even made good on their promise and released Breath of the Wild as the console's swan song alongside the Switch. Now, you can't mention a Nintendo console post-N64, and yes, post-N64, without talking about Super Smash Brothers. And Smash Brothers for the Wii U is great. A huge step up from Brawl. And the best part about it, there's no fucking tripping. Goddamn. And lastly, cannot forget about you uh, JRPG lovers out there like myself. You want a great JRPG on the Wii U? Tokyo Mirage Sessions FE Sharp. A crossover between Shin Megami Tensei and Fire Emblem. Amazing turn-based combat. A great game, but really, what makes that game so good? The soundtrack is phenomenal. So I just mentioned about 12 games, and they all have one common theme. You want to guess what that theme is? I'll tell you. They're all first-party games published by Nintendo. Which goes back to the root of the problem with the Wii U. It was way too heavy uh, and relying on first-party content. And that's just unsustainable to console success. I'm not saying the Wii U didn't have any good third-party titles, but after its first year of existence, those titles were becoming few and far between. But you know what? 
the last thing I want to talk about before it gets discontinued is the fucking Wii U Virtual Console because it's awesome. It's great. Just like the now discontinued original Wii Virtual Console, of course you have various N64, SNES, um, NES games to pick from with the best, most of the best games released on those consoles available. But the real kicker here are the GBA, original DS, and original Wii games you could also purchase from the virtual console. With, some of the, with most of those games being instant classics. The best part, especially if you're a collector on a budget, is that for some of these titles, the prices for otherwise expensive physical versions are fucking great. All DS games are $9.99. Yes, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon. A game that costs upwards of $90 complete is only 10 bucks on the Wii U Virtual Console. GBA games cost $7.99. Some even go as low as $6.99, and for Wii games, they go for $20. There's no doubt that there are some great deals to be had, so definitely don't forget to check it out. The Wii U Virtual Console, it gets discontinued, I believe, next year. I don't remember when. I want to say it's March, but don't quote me on that. So you got some time. But pick up all you can because y'all already know what happens with these, uh, you know, e-shops. So go ahead and do what you can before they close it down. So to wrap things up and to summarize why I wanted to do this episode in the first place, the Wii U should be uttered in reverence in the same vein as the PS Vita, the Sega Dreamcast, and to a lesser extent, the Sega Saturn, as consoles that at the time of their supposed heyday flopped for a variety of reasons. But as we look back over the course of gaming history, we realize just how special they actually were. There's no doubt that the Wii U is one of those special type of consoles. You got to think about it. All of the greatest games that came out for the Wii U all got ported to the Switch and have been selling like gangbusters. They literally just ported six, seven, eight, nine-year-old games over to the Switch And those games are selling more on the Switch than the Wii U console ever sold in its whole life cycle. So that's a testament right there to how incredible the games in that generation really were, for that console really were. So I tell people all the time, go out there and get a Wii U. It's an incredible console. The games are still relatively cheap right now, but you can start seeing them going up a little bit in price because more people are starting to realize, like, hey, this console was fucking badass. So if you're interested... And I highly suggest and recommend that you do go out and play or get one of these consoles. This is the best time to do it because they're not going to be any cheaper than they are right now. So go out there, get you a Wii U, get you some games, and have fun. Because I guarantee you will have fun with that console. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Blinking Nintendo Gaming Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on to get the latest episodes. Check out our website at BlinkingNintendo.Buzzsprout.com. Also, follow us on Instagram at BlinkingNintendo and follow us on Twitter at BlinkingNintendo using the number 10. Thanks again. Y'all are the best. Have a great day. Peace and love. Stay tuned. Till next time.